Lord, I pray for this morning that we can posture our hearts to listen. That as, as we dive into more of your scripture, Lord, as we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, that that can just be our posture, Lord. Um, open hands, open heart, uh, that we can breathe, that we just allow you to speak into our lives. We yield to you, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, this morning we are continuing our More from the Mount series. If you've been with us the past few months, we went through the Beatitudes, and we've just continued right on into Matthew chapter 6. The last couple weeks, this is the third week, this has been another great series so far. In the first week, we we talked about an understanding that Jesus is, is calling us to follow him, but when he calls us to follow him, it's so that we can become salt and light. He uses this imagery. And salt and light, it's not a, it's not a natural setting for us. You know, we're naturally, excuse me, inclined to, to sin, to really be about our own kingdoms. And that's what he had just pre- Jesus had previously addressed in the Beatitudes. Um, but Jesus is calling us out. He's calling us to a decision to follow him and to, to be salt and to be light, to be really his representative, because that's who he is. He is the light of the world, but yet he also calls us the light of the world. Uh, he's calling us to be this salt and this light, uh, and again, it's, it's only through following him. To become salt and light, though, we found out last week that we need to have pure hearts. Again, this is not something that just naturally occurs. Uh, if we could be salt and light, if we could be pure on our own, Jesus, we wouldn't have any need for Jesus. So we, we found out last week as we were searching the scriptures that really Jesus needs us uh, to give him our hearts, to yield to him. Uh, and as, as we do, he takes it, he purifies our hearts, and he gives us back to us. And it's this constant cycle, this rhythm that it's not a one-time thing. It's something that we really make a daily decision on uh, as far as yielding to the Lord, allowing him to be constantly purifying us and if we don't, we're inclined to sin because that really is our nature. And, and we talked about when, when we sin, when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Um, and so that is, that's the seriousness, the weight of this heart issue, which is as we go through the Beatitudes, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, it's what the heart is really to our hearts is after because we know that, that sin is like a disease. And what it does to our hearts. And Jesus is the one, the only one who can purify it. And so we yield to him. So we continue on today. Uh, we're talking about, uh, in, starting in verse 38 in chapter 6. Jesus is talking more about these matters of the heart. Uh, and that's what we're getting at. We're going to pick up in verse 38. The first thing Jesus talks about, you can see them. what we're talking about today is revenge, love for enemies, generosity, giving to the needy. In judging others. Jesus addresses these uh, in sequence here in chapter 6. We pick up in verse 38. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, Go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. This is one of those passages, I think, that 
seems so over the top. <laughs> seems like, Jesus, do you, do you want me to do, to do anything? Do you want me to defend myself in any way? <laughs> uh, but really what, what Jesus is getting at is um, it's responsibility. Um, you know, I, I would ask you, have you ever felt wronged by somebody? You know, of course, all of us have. You know, you could raise your hand. You could think of a million uh, examples. Um, you know, some maybe not so extreme. Some maybe very extreme. Um, in my life, I'll just share real briefly. Um, especially when I was younger in school, growing up, dealt with a lot of abuse, a lot of emotional, physical abuse, um, a lot of hard stuff. Um, I'm really excited. I'll share this real briefly. I'm really excited um, to kind of share with you guys that uh, I've written a book, and that book will be coming out in a few months, and I kind of write about some of these stories, and I'm so excited to share that with you. You'll be hearing more uh, in the coming months. That'll be out um, this fall, maybe September, October. Um, uh, we'll get there. Well, you'll hear more about it. Um, so I'm very excited about that. But yeah, sharing some of these stories of abuse um, growing up, uh, and it was, it was very therapeutic for me in, in really reflecting on a lot of this to think about what was my mindset going on uh, in so many of these, like, just thinking back, like, there are times being like, I want to go postal on some of these people. Like, I mean, I was like middle school kid, like, that's pretty, that's, things were bad at times. Um, and so, so for some of you, maybe you have hurts, maybe you have you know, abuse, things where you've been wronged so bad, where it's so extreme, where you're like, I want to get revenge. I want to hurt someone who's hurt me. Maybe that's where you, you know, you're coming from. Uh, you know, a lot of us, you know, very much to a, a less extreme example, uh, you know, we can identify with, with family issues. I mean, nobody has a perfect family. Come on. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, parents, cousins, you know, everybody has family issues that immediately, you know, you, you think about and you can identify with things where you, you feel like you've, you've been wronged or things are not right. And so it's the question of what do you do? How do you, you know, do you get even? What does that look like? I uh, was watching a documentary recently uh, on an athlete, and it, it was just one of those stories that I really, really connected with, really felt like, um, you know, if there's somebody who just deserves to get even, it was this guy, and he was talking about how, growing up as a kid, he, he, him and his his sister really didn't always have much. When it would be Christmas time, some there were some Christmases they would, you know, have next to nothing. Um, but he was talking about he always remembered, you know, his his parents they always had, you know, a carton of cigarettes. Uh, Dad always had a case of beer, um, constantly, you know, never out of stock of those things, and just felt like he had gotten a, a, such a raw deal, and it felt so alone. Um, and, and maybe you come from a similar circumstance, maybe you don't, but I think we can identify that like that is being wronged. That is, that's not okay. Um, you know, there's these abuses that happen. Uh, I was just down in Florida with uh, my brother and my girlfriend. We were hanging out with a, a buddy of mine, um, and we were down in Clearwater, which if you don't know Clearwater, Clearwater is... Um, one of the, basically the headquarters for Scientology. And if you, who, who, did anyone watch the, uh, like the Leah Remini documentary on A&E? Like wild stuff. Like I'm not even going to pull any punches on this. Like there's some crazy stories of like abuse 
and wild stuff going on with that. And so, like, just getting to be down there and, and hearing, like, some stories from locals was just, like, like, our buddies heard all these things. And it was just, like, unbelievable. Really, really unbelievable. So it's this idea of revenge that, you know, either you personally or other people, you know, there's hurts in life. That's the reality of the world we live in. Um, so what do we do? You know, do we, do we you know, quote, unquote, get mine? Do we get even? Um, or even, you know, maybe not returning negative uh, for negative, um, fire for fire. But, you know, have you ever heard somebody talk about, like, well, just go live a great life. You know, that's the best revenge. Have you ever heard that? Um, which I guess is not terrible advice. But how about just live a good life to live a good life? You know, like, why do we need uh, to have revenge? Um, which leads me just to the idea of forgiveness. Really, what is forgiveness when you, when you get down to it? And it's forgiveness is when you have the power to return injustice. That's one of those things that when, when you've been wronged, you know, if we're going by, you know, the standards of this world, you know, what you know, would be considered right and wrong, you, you technically have, uh, you know, permission, you know, from most accounts to, to, to make things right, to return evil for evil. You know, we may not consciously ever verbalize it in, in that sense, but it's this idea of somebody hits you, I'm going to hit them back. But Jesus is saying, no, turn the other cheek. And you're like, what? It's the idea that forgiveness is when you have the power to return injustice, but you choose grace. And this is what really what Jesus did for us. We're the ones who, who wronged him, who left him, who hurt him. Uh, and he didn't in any way uh, you know, need to give us, rebuild that bridge that we tore down. But he did because he loves us. We see in Romans 12, 19, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. This leads us into, uh, in chapter 6, verse 43, talking about love for enemies. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Evil may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even, are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect." And so it's this idea of everybody. You, know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to be anything to love those who love you, who treat you well. That's kind of like autopilot for most people. You know, unless you're a real jerk, you're not really going to mistreat those who, who love you, who treat you well. What Jesus is saying is, is the real test is when somebody wrongs you, how do you treat them? How do you see them? You know, how do you treat those who hate you? Um, you know, so think about it. I mean, really think about your own life in your work, your school, your neighborhood. How do you treat the person who is so vastly different from you? The person who is the other. You know, maybe the person who thinks uh, 
you're an idiot, maybe because you're a believer. Uh, the person who's constantly rude to you. I'm sure all of us, if we think long enough, can probably identify one or two people who, who falls into this. How do we treat those people? How do you react? Do, you, do we fly off the handle? Are we always looking um, you know, to win an argument or you know, get back at them? Or you know, how, do, how do we treat these people? Do we approach it humbly? Um, this is really what, what Jesus, I believe, is getting at. It's this idea of, uh, do we punch back when they want to punch us? We move on to um, verses 1 through 4 of the next chapter. Um, I believe that's chapter 6. Sorry, I think we were still in chapter 5. Um, Jesus here is talking about generosity, giving to the needy. In, in verse 6, it says, sorry, in verse 1, it says, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. As a church, this is one thing where We've talked about the importance of generosity a lot in different series we've done um, as an aspect really of following Jesus in many ways, you know, corporately as a church, but also individually in our own lives, uh, the importance of, of generosity, of having, you know, as Justin said, an attitude of gratitude before. Uh, we've, we've talked about this. We know this. What this passage is really getting at, I think, is, is the heart of the matter, uh, do we truly have a generous spirit? Um, or is it for something else? Um, again, I think we can identify that we can, we can give, we can do things and, and not really mean it. Um, you know, do we, do we really have a generous spirit? You know, or are we, are we more concerned with, you know, taking that selfie to show everyone how great we are, to show everyone how needy, you know, uh, generous we are, I should say, um, you know, I'm, I'm not bashing anyone or, or social media or, or that kind of thing, but um, I think it's important to always, you know, look in the mirror and do heart checks. Uh, when it comes to serving, when it comes to opportunities, leadership, responsibilities, we're given, um, and to really understand, okay, what's at the heart of the matter? Like when we're, when we're giving, when we're helping those who are less fortunate, less privileged than us, uh, are we doing it? Because we, we see the person, we see a need, and, and we love a person? Uh, or are we doing it because we, you know, we want to be known as someone who's generous, someone who uh, is important, who understands you know, issues that matter? Um, not that those things are wrong, but again, it's the idea of, do you see the person? Do you see the needs? Uh, are you really listening? Um, or are we you know, proverbially just wanting just to take the selfie? Um, we do this with God, too. Um, you know, sometimes I think we're so uh, okay with just wanting to take a selfie with God. You know, have you guys ever heard this kind of idea? Um, that's like, I, I just want to check off a box. Like, okay, I went to church today. I maybe I read my Bible today. Like, okay, I've got enough Jesus in my life. Yeah. Um, but we can, we can kind of do these things in a very rote, very... 
um, checklist kind of way where we can totally miss a relationship with Jesus if we're not careful, if, our, if we're really not allowing our hearts to be in it. Um, you know, not to get too Francis Chan on you, but, you know, we can do more than just taking a selfie with Jesus. We can, we can really know him. We can, we can dig into this. This is his word. This is living and breathing, and, and he speaks to us through it because this is his word for us. He, re- he reveals himself through his word. And I know I'm guilty of it. I, we're all guilty sometimes, I think, of just seeing this as just verses and chapters and instructions and good ideas. And we go, sure, if I read that, I'll be, I'll be better off. But you know, how often do we really think, you know, I, I want to connect with, with God today? You know, I mean, it's one of those things when you really stop and think about, okay, who is God? What is God? Um, how huge is he? To know that he's so personal and we can connect with him in prayer and read his word, it's, it's incredible. It should be, it should be mind-blowing. And it's one of those things where we're all guilty sometimes of just being like, I'm good. Hey, Jesus, let's just take a selfie. Um, and, and we do that with our relationship with him, and we can do that with serving him as well. And it's, it's one of the dangers that, that we just need to be aware of to constantly be looking in the mirror and doing heart checks on. So we skip ahead in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about these matters of the heart. We are going to actually to chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, and he's talking about judging others. He says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred, Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under feet and turn. We read the gospel for you to pieces. We know as as we read the gospels that Jesus himself says that he came not to condemn, but to save. Um, Because really, we we, we know that we're already condemned. You know, I think deep down we we know that that we have an understanding that we're all sinners that we look around at, at the world around us and, and you know, we kind of know that things are messed up, that um, things aren't right. We know this. Uh, but we know that there is no condemnation in Christ. As we read the Gospels, we, we know this. Um, but how often do we, you know, not, not treat others in this way, live with an understanding of this, um, we all make judgments. This is true. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we get this idea in culture, though, that making a judgment is bad. Uh, but th- this is not what this passage is saying. You know, we, we all have to make judgments to survive. Um, like, for instance, work with me here. You're, you're hiking. Maybe you're at Cooper's Rock. You're hiking. Um, and, and maybe, God forbid... 
but maybe you see this like slithery rope looking thing and you know your first inst instinct should be that's clearly a snake i shouldn't go near that you know that's a danger noodle no <laughs> like <laughs> you know it it really wouldn't be wise for you to be like maybe he's a nice little snake i shouldn't judge maybe i'll go invite it to church no <laughs> no i mean Despite how Justin's personality seems sometimes, we're not that kind of church, I promise you. Um, ridiculous. Um, but anyways, the, the point is judgments, judgments become bad when they're about condemnation. Um, the idea that I am right and you are wrong. And, you know, if we're, un, if we're to understand Christ's admonishment, we ought to know that we're all sinners, and we're all in desperate need of his grace. You know, if you are condemning and full of hate towards others, it seems to appear from this passage uh, that Christ will remember that. So salt preserves and light shines on darkness. This idea that salt preserves and light shines on darkness. It's this idea that when we're called to be salt and light, this imagery that Jesus uses, what does salt do? It preserves. So as we're following Jesus, we need to identify in light of the heart, in light of matters of the heart, what does it look like in our lives, in our world around us? What are things that we need to be working to preserve? And as light shines on darkness, where do we need to shine a light on darkness, on injustices? with the people around us. In Jeremiah 29.7, it says, Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And this is what Jesus is calling us to. And we have to recognize that, that we are a church in the midst of a messed up world. And... It would be really great if, you know, Jesus just raptured us all out of here right now. And we're you know, hanging out with life. But that's not, that's not the reality. We're here in, in this life that has joys and hopes and pain and very real suffering. And he's calling us to be salt that preserves good uh, and light that shines on darkness. But we know that we can't properly do this without a pure heart. We learned last week that, that we need to hand it to him. You know, sometimes we really get self-confident and overzealous, but we have to be careful. We really have to yield to him and allow him daily to, to purify our hearts. What Jesus is, is leading us into an understanding uh, is that when we follow him, when we become salt and light, when he's making us more, more pure, is that our lives will become about others, not ourselves. Let me say that again. Our lives will become about others, not ourselves. In John 13, 35, it says, By this, Jesus says, By this you will know that by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There's a couple passages in Matthew 6 that we, we skipped over, which I think if we if we touch on them now, it helps bring everything full circles. 
Uh, and the passage was Matthew six nineteen through 34. The first is on treasures in heaven, which says, Don't store up treasures um, for yourself on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where, where thieves can break in and steal. Uh, but, for, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where no one can destroy or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. And then in verse 25, um, we're admonished not to worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is life not more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or do anything productive, but look at all that you do. They still uh, are fed by the Heavenly Father. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Your heavenly Father knows what you need. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We're called to be others-focused because he's got us. We don't have to worry we don't have to be so concerned with trying to preserve our kingdoms here on this earth, building up things for ourselves, our treasures, because he's got us. We, we really, in the grand scheme of things, don't have to worry about a thing. Jesus is in the reconciliation business. He doesn't call us to something to be a part of his family and then leave us. You know, um, I didn't think I was going here this morning. You know, maybe some of you can identify what it feels like when, when a family leaves you and to be left or to lose family. Um, but Jesus is, is, is the great reconciler. God is the great father. Um, he doesn't call us to become part of his family and then leave us. He's invited us to join him. Uh, Eugene Peterson says in the message translation in this passage that we are subjects of God's kingdom now. We ought to act like it and learn this way. We learn from him by leaning into him. The Holy Spirit, when, when you take the Sermon on the Mount, when you take the Beatitudes seriously, the Holy Spirit will, will let it soak into your heart. When you spend time just talking with God in prayer, it changes you. When, when you spend time just simply reading his word, not reading it to, to get instruction, but when you, when you really take it as, I want to know you, Lord. I want to have intimacy with you. It, it changes you when you read it in that way. Let him worry about revenge and enemies, status, treasures, judgment. He's got us, and we know... Um, from the Beatitudes, we know from his call to be salt and light, salt and light, his presence is with us and it's in us. That's his promise. When we yield to him in, in this way, we, we become salt and light. His presence is with us and it's in us. So I'm, I'm going to begin to conclude if the, if the worship team wants to come up. The question is, how can you be salt and light in your world, you know, how are you yielding? Um, 
or even submitting your heart. And submitting is one of those words you hear that and it almost makes you cringe. But, but really, you have to know the goodness of God when, um, when we talk about submitting really your heart to him. Because he's good and he will purify it. And he calls us to a family that, that you know, we're, we're never going to be left from. We can trust that. Uh, that he's, he's making us into salt and light. And that we, we can yield to him. And we can experience his presence each and every day in us and through us. Um, so if you guys will, will pray with me real quick. Lord, I pray that that is our prayer this morning. That we would just be open to surrendering our hearts to you. God, that you would breathe within. Lord, have your way in our lives. Because we know that that our hearts are messed up. And we pray that you would just take us deeper with you, that you would make us more into salt and light. And so now a couple of things with, with every eye still closed. Um, we love to give an opportunity here at the Foundry. Um, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, if you've, if you've never had this type of intimacy with, with Jesus, and you're like, I want to make that decision, I've, I've been thinking about it, and, and I want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I want to be a part of his family, uh, that just re- requires a few things. Um, it's a relationship. Number one, it's an understanding that it, it's a relationship you begin. It's not just a, a one-time decision, but it's, it's a relationship of of yielding to Him, of knowing Him, of experiencing Him. It's a relationship where you basically say, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that, that I, I'm messed up. And Jesus, I need you. You rebuilt the bridge for me to know you. And so if you want to make that decision for the from what we just want to even recommit to following Jesus uh, with every eye closed, um, what we just do, if, if you want to make that decision, just no one will look at you. Just look up real quick and, and look at me. Um, okay. Okay. And the next thing is this idea of salt and light. Our prayer this morning is, a, is about going deeper. Our prayer is that we open ourselves, we posture ourselves to be more salt and light. Um, and so the challenge today, this morning, that, that, you, can, that you can yourself pray um, is you just say, Jesus, I, I want to know you more. I want to be open to more. Lord, have your way in my life. If you are feeling convicted that you need to yield your heart more to the Lord. My challenge in our prayer this morning is that um, you, know, you tell Jesus that yourself. This is, this is your relationship with Jesus. And as a community, as a church here, we support each other, we encourage each other towards you, Lord, to be 
your salt and, and your light. Um, and I pray that, that all of us this morning, in our hearts, we're open to you. We're yielding to you. We, we are submitting to you. Lord, have your way in our lives. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.